welcome back. Friends, family, lovers, co-workers, welcome back. This is episode 51 of your ex-boyfriend's podcast, the triumphant return to the recording booth. It has been five months, almost exactly, since I last released an episode of this podcast. And when I did that back in January, it was episode 50, the culmination of a year's worth of work, and I wasn't sure that I would be back recording this today for you. I wasn't sure that I would release any more episodes, any more content for your ex-boyfriend's podcast, but here we are. In June of 2023, releasing, recording, editing a new episode. For those of you who waited five months for another episode and reached out to me about whether this was going to happen or not, thank you. Your patience is noted. And I appreciate it. For those of you who thought that I was done and episode 50 would be the last one that you ever heard, surprise! <laughs> Psych! Here's the next one. So buckle up. Episode 51 is a conversation that I had with my good friend Kate. And if you remember, those of you who listen to this podcast um, regularly, Kate was a guest for two episodes. She was my first two-parter interview. Um, gosh, that was back in the fall, I think, of last year. Um, we just have a lot to say to each other since we're friends and we don't see each other almost ever, and when we do talk, uh, it tends to be, it tends to encompass everything that hasn't been said for the last <laughs> six months to a year, you know? Um, it's just a lot of stuff that comes out, uh, you know, for those of you who remember talking on the phone to people, it's stuff like that. <laughs> Like you would call one of your friends or they would call you and you would spend the better part of an afternoon just shooting the shit, chopping it up. And that's exactly what we did. So without letting this intro drag on too long, here is the second interview that I did with my good friend Kate Leitz and... This is definitely going to be another uh, two-parter because of how long we spoke. So just be prepared that next week's episode, or maybe I'll do like what I used to do and release this a couple days later. The next episode will be the second half of my conversation with Kate. So without further ado. Okay, so yeah, now we're back <laughs> on the Ex-Boyfriends podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> with my very special guest, Kate. <laughs> For the second time. <laughs> For the Bring second time. Around. This is the the first one I've done since January 3rd, actually. I haven't Holy been. Holy crap, here. this is like your first. This breaks the hiatus. This is breaking the hiatus. Yeah. This is the hell yes. The 2023 inaugural episode. <laughs> Love do it. Feel, do you feel um honored to be here? I'm gonna be honest, I really, really do. I would have thought that you had a, had recorded a couple and we're just jumping back in. I love it. You know, actually, Kate, I have recorded a couple and I just haven't released them yet. Um, this is kind of how I wanted to jump back into it because a lot of people, um, when I was doing it for for last year, they said that interviews were like the 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 best part of it like as as good as some of those solo episodes could be it was yeah. always the the big draw to have people come on and and you know talk and get to meet people that you know they may never have before so i figure what better way to get back into the swing of things than <laughs> and with an interview <laughs> than with an interview with uh somebody who i know is going <laughs> to be able to interview well <laughs> <laughs> If last time was any evidence, that was what, two and a half hours. And I still feel like I probably could have talked for two and a half more. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was two and a half. I feel like after I cut it, it, it was probably more like three and a half before I did every, every bit of editing that I ended up doing. <laughs> oh my God. That's so, that's pretty impressive. Like not many people can talk for that long. So I'm going to give both of us a big pat on the back there for being extremely verbose. No, I think you're a hundred percent right. I think that you know, it, I, I actually went back and listened to it. And I remember for a brief second, you and I talked about how easy it was um, to do that interview, just because I didn't have to, like, basically prompt you for anything. We were just um, able to talk about whatever came up in a very natural, uh, natural way. And I find that that is by far the most like that is the thing that I want the most out of interviews as far as like the creation of them. Because if I have to like, prod and pull if it's like pulling teeth it's way harder for me and it's way harder to edit to make it sound good <laughs> oh of course absolutely yeah I think that's great and I mean realistically what are we besides two friends that happen to live on complete opposite coast 3,500 miles away from one another <laughs> yeah more or less <laughs> that's so basically what it is like it's really just being a virtual it's like a virtual look into the complete total mundane BS that we would be discussing if we were at like a Starbucks or a brewery. <laughs> right. If we were just catching up. Exactly. Speaking of catching up, Kate, what's what's new with you? I know you started asking me, but I'm going to reverse the question. Okay, let's go back around. What is new with me? I just finished last week. I just finished my third quarter of my first year of school. So I'm very happy to be progressing along. That is amazing. Oh, it's been great. 4.0, still holding strong. So I'm like, whoo. Oh, right on. <laughs> Honestly, if I could be a professional student, I would. Just that like little hit of serotonin that you get after getting a good grade on a project you really tried on. You just don't get that in adult world. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, you just do your job day in and day out. And then I guess the reward is money, but. No, you're, you're totally right. And I think that's something that, um, I, I I wasn't able to identify that until way later in life, but right? I think it was it was basically after I started even like when I was in the research and development phase of this podcast, so to speak. Yeah, I was like, well, you know, what what is it that 
that changed from when we were in school to now? Like what, where is that sense of accomplishment? Because you can set your own goals and, and you can have life events play out as they do, but there's something special about being a part of this structure, AKA school that then rewards you for working hard. And it's not like, you know, you, you're not being rewarded for contributing to shareholder profits. You're being rewarded for improving yourself. And that is a special exactly. feeling. <laughs> for sure. I just, nothing hits the same as getting an A. It's just like, yes, all that work, all those, you know, research projects and APA format, like, LOL, remember that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I have no idea what APA format is. It's like when you're trying to reference, you know, when you're writing a paper and you need to like, oh, I'm, I'm making a reference to the authors and you're writing a paper oh. in a specific format. Like, oh my God, was it a long time since I had to think about that again? <laughs> okay. Yes. I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's so, so dry, but it is what it is. That is my life right now. <laughs> you know, honestly, I couldn't even remember the last time I had to think about that. It's a blessing and a curse. I really didn't think I was going to jump back into school so quickly, but here yeah. we are and it's going along. We're moving along. Okay. So yeah, you're back in, uh, you're back in school and doing well and forgive me. I can't remember how, how long are you going to be in school for this time? It's a three-year program. If I follow like the, the, the pre-built, you know, what they think you should be taking it as, cause it's, it's considered a part-time cause it's kind of designed around People are grownups that have families and houses and have no choice but to work a full-time job. (laughs) So it's, you kind of just chip away. It's either two classes you take per quarter. And I think in the summer, they want you to take one. So after I finish this summer quarter, which will end, I think early August, I'll only have two more years to go. And it's really crazy that this first year has gone so quickly. Like you think about a three-year commitment, you're like, oh my God, that's going to take forever. But wow, we're like summer already. When did that happen? So that's really exciting. Yeah, you're you're so right. That that is exactly how it goes. I remember thinking that when I got into the apprenticeship for the electrical stuff, like, oh my God, five years, that's gonna, you know, be forever. And then all of a sudden I was getting my license and I was out of school and I was like, Oh, what happened? (laughs) Yeah, what happened to that five years? And then how long ago was that? Like how many years have you been officially a grown up? Oh man, since then that was um almost five. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like that's yeah. a, that's a 10 year total since you were first starting to think about I'm going to go back to school again. I know. Isn't that strange? And for a, a lot of the people in my industry like the fact that I even am where I am now is like weird because for the most part people don't get their license and then within 5 years end up working for the electrical utility like and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. It's just no, weird. Toot it. That is literally why we're here. I'm trying to, I'm, we're, we're trying to like build you up. We're here to, we're here to do it. I want to hear it. Toot away. <laughs> All right. Toot, toot. Here we go. Toot, so, toot, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's weird for a lot of people that see me at 32 already where I am. And, you know, looking back it, it is kind of strange for me. And I, I do credit a little bit of that to like, I don't want to say luck, but I was like right place, right time, kind of during the pandemic. Um, So much of being a grown up really does boil down to that. You know what I mean? Right place, right time. Doesn't it? No other factors. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that gets uh, swept under the rug a little bit by 
you hear a lot as you, you know, live your life. Like if you can dream it, you can do it. Right. Exactly. Yes. You can be anything you set your mind to. (laughs) Right. And turns out a lot of that is just, you know, being, um, what, what is it? I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like something like, uh, success is like luck and preparation combined or something like that. Yeah. I can't, same thing. I can't really remember the full, but that's definitely the gist. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you like Taylor Swift? This is a weird sidebar. (sighs) I'm going to be very honest and people are going to come for me, but I actually cannot stand Taylor Swift. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) That's the kind of hot, that's the kind of hot take we like on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like probably my hottest take is I'm like, I just don't understand it. I just, I can't, I just want her to stop complaining. Like she's beautiful and skinny and rich and all she wants to do is complain about the boys don't like her just like i roll my eyes could roll any harder they'd fall out of my head about it all right <sighs> but Fair i digress enough. no that's totally okay <laughs> i don't have a strong opinion on taylor swift but i'm glad that you do i like strong opinions about stuff that, that <laughs> whether they, other people they're, they're sucky opinions it's anybody's anybody's call but it is my own <laughs> <laughs> well the reason that i ask is she did say one thing. I remember her being on like a talk show or something, uh, one of the late night things. And she said something I thought was extremely smart. And for as huge of uh, of an artist as she is with, you know, bajillions of followers. Yeah. I felt like it was a good thing for her to say. She was like, essentially paraphrasing here. I got lucky. I worked hard. Yes. And I had people who helped me. Yes. But this isn't like the success that I have isn't because I'm the best artist in the world. I'm not the best singer. I just got lucky and I have worked hard to be worthy of that fortune. And I was like, damn, Taylor Swift. Wow, that's like a seriously normal person, very humbling thing to say. That's really nice. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. As much as you hate her. She did hate say is a strong word. Like I think she treats her. <laughs> I think she genuinely does love her fan base, and she's done some truly incredible things for her fans. I just like, can we sing about something else? <laughs> like I know you have to have some other life experiences, Taylor Swift. Besides, like the hot guy at school doesn't like you. Oh no, kidding! <laughs> I have definitely <laughs> thought that before. Like it's not just her either. Like why do these artists think that that's the only thing that they can sing about? I don't, I guess it's, it's clearly it sells. <laughs> well, yeah, you're probably, that's probably 99% of it. It sells. I, I don't know. I guess maybe a song all about like, oh, I went to a thrift store and I found a great book for 50 cents. Like that doesn't really have the same like draw to it. <laughs> you know what, Kate? I would have agreed with you, but there is a Seattle artist. I know, you know, Macklemore. He legit blew up on his thrift shop song. You're so right. So, so right. What is Macklemore up to anymore? Does anybody know? Does he like make music anymore? I think so. I think he's actually either he just released an album or he's coming up on a release. And the only reason I know that is because he's from here and he legitimately like no shit a half mile down the road from where I live. There's a record store and he did a free appearance and signing at the record store. That's and, so cool. Right? Did you so, go to it? No, it was it was free, but it was you had to basically sign up first come first serve. Oh, and, gotcha. So it wasn't just like a free for all where 
3000 people can come and wait. You had to kind of like make sure that you are invited, so to speak, or got a ticket. Yep, exactly. And I did not hear about it until the day before. And I was way, way too late. Oh, rip. That sucks. (laughs) That would have been cool though. That's really nice that he did that. It is. He's, he's, you know, I, I don't know a lot of his songs. I'm not a huge Macklemore fan. I do like a couple of them, but from what I understand about him, he's pretty, he, he holds the community that he came up in in pretty high regard. So he's always, at least from what I can tell, given back to the community and made it a point to show love to the people that got him started. I love that. What more can you really ask for from somebody who's found like worldwide global success? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And that I feel like, you know, so many artists or any any person that has wild amounts of success in anything, the, like the tendency to forget where you came from and forget the people that got you there. Oh, I, for I think sure. Is, is rampant. You know, that happens all the time. <laughs> exactly. That's like the opposite of a hot take. I'm like just saying what everybody thinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got my hot take. What's your hot take? Oh, damn. You know what? I don't have one off the top of my head. I, I always have like, you should ask anybody who, like in my social circle. There's always something I'm getting riled up about and I just can't <laughs> come up with one right now. I know. It's like I always have, I'm complaining literally 24 7, 365 about something or other. But when <laughs> someone asks you directly, like, hey, what's your hot take? Your mind just like snap, crackle, pop, instantly goes blank. Yeah, it's going blank right now. I have no, I have no idea. We can circle back, just mull on it and we'll come back to your hot take. You know, we'll probably get to it in the course of this conversation. (laughs) I'm pretty good at getting riled up about shit that is inconsequential. (laughs) That's probably Uh, what bonds us is that we both love to complain on some level about something that doesn't affect us and we have no control over. (laughs) Right. It's getting (laughs) indignant for other people. You know, I'm really dry, like the weather. I get so bent out of shape. I have such a bee in my bonnet over the weather and I cannot control a single thing about it, but it no. just really like, oh my God, if you want to hear me complain endlessly about something, let it be a rainy Saturday. And that will just be <laughs> relentless on that day. Man, I, I feel you on that one. It's not so much just the rain. It's like anytime the weather isn't doing what I want it to do. <laughs> <laughs> Take it as a personal affront. <laughs> Yeah, like if it's, you know, if it's if it's Halloween and it's a bright sunny day, I'm like, man, fuck this sun. <laughs> exactly. Like an unseasonably warm, beautiful, crisp day. Man, fuck that. I'm so upset about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to trick or treat in the sun. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> is it trip is it typically nice by you guys on Halloween? Um, like is it usually a nice day? If if you had asked me five six seven years ago i would have said absolutely not like the pacific northwest especially here you know right next to the water like once september is is over we're pretty much gray and rainy but really yeah so uh, halloween is is normally a a a schmoody day Uh um the last you know five six seven years i feel well i don't feel i know like that the weather has been getting warmer here and our basically like rainy season if you want to call it that starts later and later and this last year was actually a good example november 
which is when my birthday is, is historically the the wettest month here in Seattle. And normally on my birthday, which is a week before Thanksgiving, like that whole latter half of November is just solid rain. And this year, or I should say 2022, it barely rained at all in November and December. And it, it, it was a very dry winter overall. So, you know, thinking back, I don't remember what exactly the weather was on Halloween, but I know it wasn't raining. I know that for a fact. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because over on this side of the country, it snowed maybe, maybe three inches all winter. And that's, that don't, I don't think that's ever happened in the course of my life that I can ever remember. So it was that extremely so dry weird. over by us too. Weird. Although I feel like the, 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 you know, the more years that tick by, I'm going to say that's weird less and less. I feel like that's becoming <laughs> expected. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we had, we had so much smoke and smog from the, uh, the wildfires in Canada. And I'm like, Dude. huh, we live in New Jersey. I never thought I would see the day where like, it was literally sepia toned outside. Same. That is so, so weird. I didn't realize that it was blowing both ways. I read online that I think there, it said that there were 160 separate fires that were burning in Canada. And I mean, Canada's fucking massive, as we all know. So it is massive. I'm not surprised. Jesus. I think they said on Wednesday, New York City had the worst air quality in the whole entire world, which is kind of shocking. It is shocking. Do you remember? Um, I think it was last summer, but this has happened multiple summers, so I'm not sure which, but I think it was last summer that Seattle had the worst air quality in the world. Like we beat Beijing just sounds like what New York did. Yes. Isn't that, I can't even fathom. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it's literally just from wildfire smoke. Like, uh huh. What is happening? I saw there? someone I was cracking up. It was a great meme. Have you watched Breaking Bad? <laughs> so, oh, hey, here's my hot take. Are you ready? <laughs> Oh my God, hit me. <laughs> I thought Breaking Bad was just okay. <laughs> oh my God, that is a really hot take. I'm so sorry. Someone might try to murder you in your sleep for that take. I know. Don't come for me. Don't at me, as the kids say. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Breaking so Bad, I, I, I have seen it. It's one of those shows I could just put on repeat. You but are anyway, psychopath. the meme said, I feel like we're suddenly transported to a Breaking Bad episode taking place in Mexico because, you know, yep. everything in Mexico is just sepia toned all the it's time. It's yellow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was great. that's spot on. But I, I need to circle back real quick. You put okay. that on as a comfort show. Yes. Why? I don't know. It's just one of the I just love it. I think it's so good. I love Brian Cranston. Oh, my God. He is Fox. a good actor. Speaking of Brian Cranston. Have you watched Your Honor? I don't even think I've heard of it. Holy Toledo. I'm Googling That needs right to now. be your next show. Like, full stop. It's only 10 episodes. I didn't think that they were going to come out with a season two, but they came out with a second season okay. um, earlier this year. The first one is just like perfection. If you're really? looking for a show that you will just devour, it is that one. Brian Cranston is a judge in NOLA. Okay. And I can't, I'm not even going to tell you anymore just because like, <laughs> you need to watch it, but it's just Brian Cranston as a judge 
it's t- 15 out of 10 best show oh my gosh so good everyone out oh. there if anyone else besides justice and i are listening to this your honor <laughs> brian cranston <laughs> i'm gonna write it down i'll put it in the show notes okay it's so good i can't no one has heard of it it's on hbo so it's you know everything is on hbo good i feel like and anytime yeah, that's i ask true. someone they look at me like i'm crazy they're like i have no idea what you're talking about so i'm doing my part and i'm spreading the fact that your honor exists <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you know what you you actually uh you had me at it's only 10 episodes because i struggle hardcore to watch new shows that have like five six seven seasons and there's like 12 episodes a season i don't watch a lot of tv normally so if if i'm going to watch a whole series i need it to be the best thing ever or short and this sounds like it's both oh my god you're gonna you're gonna wish that there was more like it's like (laughs) when you read a favorite book and you get to the end and you're just a little bit sad about it yeah just like that you know that's the perfect way to end things my one of my biggest pet peeves with any sort of media, wh- whether that's a book or a show or, or, or movie or anything, if they continue it past the point where it's good, it, it, it ruins so much of the quality. Even if the early stuff is amazing. Yep. Like, I love the show Trailer Park Boys. And they have done like 11 seasons and then they did like wow. an animated season. And, and it just needs to stop. Yeah, past season like seven or eight, it was just painful. Just, you know, like what else is there exactly. new to do? I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but it's literally just the dumbest, most degenerate stuff <laughs> set in a trailer park in Canada. I, it's very similar to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I Here's my other hot take. I could not get into Always Sunny because I don't like any of the characters. And I know that's the point. But if I'm going to watch something, I need to like cling on to at least one character and have them be relatable and like likable. <laughs> okay, Kate, you literally just described why I couldn't get into Breaking Bad. Who who did you cling to in Breaking Bad? Walter White. He's even though he sucks, he's just compelling. Why? <laughs> and I honestly think it's just because I love Brian Cranston so much. Like you could put anyone else in the Walter White slot and I'd probably feel the exact same and be like, eh, I feel mediumly about it. Also, Jesse, what do you mean? Jesse is, he comes so far. Oh, you're not wrong about Jesse. Hold on. Jonesy is trying to tangle himself in the cords here. Get your foot out of there. Uh, Give him a pet for me. I am. I'm petting him right now. He feels bad because he hurt his toe yesterday. Oh, what did he do? I honestly don't know because he was outside running around by himself. But he came in and he had broken one of his toenails off. Oh, my God. That must have hurt so much. You know, uh, surprisingly, he was not in agony. Like he's walking around right now just fine, even though he's got got a little bit of a limp going. But it bled like a motherfucker. <laughs> Do you have the quick stop? I did. And I can't find it because I haven't used it in years. <laughs> it has been so long since I've had Naturally. to do that for him. That's just the normal course of things. Yeah, of course. Speaking of dogs, didn't you just get a dog? Yes. Oh my, oh my God. God. I've never <laughs> had a dog ever in my life. Like not even as a family pet. I know. So. <laughs> 
this has been really fun. Her name is Pepper and she's the light of my life. You should see my camera roll is like adorable. Just pictures of the dog, 15 pictures of the dog, pictures of the cats, pictures of tacos that I ate and like nothing of people. <laughs> yeah. sounds like my camera roll. <laughs> pictures, pictures of Jonesy. <laughs> oh, he's so cute though. What kind of dog is Pepper? She's a big old mutt. The, um, the rescue that we got her from, so she's from Kentucky. She was from like a hoarding situation in Kentucky. Yeah. They told us that she's a shepherd hound. And I think that's just because they don't want to put like pit mix or, oh, she might be a 16 right. pit bull because then, you know, nobody will adopt her. Right. Um, so she's some kind of, she's definitely got pit in her. She's got the real, real floppy ears. Um, I'm sure she's got some lab in her. She might have a little bit of shepherd. We don't know, but I'm thinking about getting her a DNA test just for curiosity's sake. Oh yeah. That'd be fun to find out exactly what she is. Kudos to you and Jake for adopting from a shelter. I think that is, that's such a cool thing to do instead of, you know, getting a puppy from a breeder. I, I, I would never, I would not adopt a dog if I had to get it from a breeder. I just, yeah, same. there's so many out there that need a loving home. And like, if the world needs one thing, it's not more designer puppies. Oh, totally. Yeah. We're on the same page. I, I agree a hundred percent. I'm looking at pictures on Facebook now of you and your dog. <laughs> she's adorable. <laughs> I love oh the God, one where she's, she's so you're, you're like laying back in a, like a sun chair and she's sitting in your lap looking the same direction as you. <laughs> <laughs> she, if we're up by the pool, she is, she will hop in your grave the moment that she can. You can get up off that lounger for three seconds and you turn around and she's just laying there like panting, smiling at you. And I'm like, you little stinker, get out of here. I'm fair. I want to be in the shade. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> oh, it's the best. I don't know what I had have ever done before I had a dog. What was <laughs> life didn't start till I died. Life didn't ever. start. I mean, I love my cats, I love my girls, but having a dog is just different. It's it's way different. I had cats growing up, um, two, and then uh transitioned when I was I want to say when I was like 13 or 14, we got a dog, and I was like, This is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Why have we been it's, waiting to do this? It's fun just because, like, I don't know, I feel like a big way that I communicate my love is through food and ca my cats are just like, they're not into anything. That's not their, their food. And Pepper's like, Hey, Whoa. what do you have? I'll try some of that. Oh, you're having a banana. I'll definitely have some of that. I have <laughs> gone off the deep end. I'm, I'm now one of those crazy dog moms that like makes her homemade ice cream, doggy ice cream and homemade with love um, treats that are all like from local produce. And I just really need to get a grip. I think <laughs> That is lovely though. That's, that's how, you know, she found a good home. If you're making oh. your, your dog homemade treats out of like whole foods, like, like organic vegetables. We, since we moved to like the farm country, you can't throw a rock and not hit a local farm stand where oh, everything yeah. is local. So I'm like, why I'm not feeding her any garbage. I don't want to eat trash. So she's not either. <laughs> Man, that's, that's so wholesome. How old is Pepper? She was born on December 10th. So what's today? Oh my God. She's young, young. She is six months and one day old. Oh, so cute. 
I didn't really realize that dogs lose their teeth, their baby teeth, like humans do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so that's been interesting. I just find like bloody teeth on the ground and I'm like, oh, this is a little gross. Yes, it's it, it. when I got Jonesy, he was same. He was a puppy. And the first time that happened, I was like, oh, my God, what happened? And then I was like, oh, you know, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this is just he, what happens. This is the he's losing his baby teeth. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have. Well, when I say we, I mean me and my roommates who I no longer live with. We used to have a nickname for Jonesy. We'd call him um, Mr. Bluetooth. And it sounds like, it sounds innocent because everybody associates that with like the, you know, wireless technology. But the reason we called him that is because when he was losing his baby teeth, his top two canines were the last to fall out. Uh And one of them fell out perfectly normal. The other one would not fall out even when the new adult tooth grew in beside it oh my god and it sat in his gum and started to rot oh my god it it, it turned a gnarly shade of like blue black of course because it had no blood supply anymore it was just hanging on there so how did it come out yep it was hanging on so i actually ended up calling the vet and i was like hey listen I, he's not in any pain. He's eating. It's not infected yet, but like, yeah. I know that this is going to need to come out naturally, preferably, or if not, you know, he's going to need to have some sort of procedure. And the vet was like, if it's not out in three days, bring him in because you're right. That is a hundred percent going to be infected soon. Exactly. So literally 30 seconds after I hung that phone call up, I was, I had him sit in front of me and I opened his mouth. And I was literally just kind of wiggling it. And she said, the, the vet had said, don't pull it because you don't want to leave any chunks up in there if it doesn't exactly. come out in one piece. And right. I, so I was very aware of that. So I'm like wiggling it see to, just to see if it's ready. Like, I have no idea. And it was disgusting. I literally didn't even get my, I didn't pinch it. I literally just like touched it with my finger uh-huh. And it slid out of his gum <gasps> with this goopy, like squirt sound. And I was like, Ew. oh, it's so gross. Oh, and my God. It smelled so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. He must have been so relieved to get that, like, festering pocket of infection out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, he, li- he immediately he started jumping around, like all excited and wagging his tail oh. and licking me. If only they could talk. Oh my gosh, what would they say? <laughs> I know. Thank you, Jesus. That was so gross. <laughs> oh man. And what you called the vet back and you were like, so this just happened. Did she, did she put him on antibiotics or anything? Uh, no, she said, well, it's, she said, yeah, it's great that it, it's out and that you didn't actually have to pull it. It sounds like it was just literally holding on by like friction. Right. Um, she said, if, if he doesn't show any symptoms of feeling bad in the next 24 hours, you're good to go. Perfect. And that never happened? Nope. He was just fine. And his, like his, his adult teeth were just fine. It literally, I, I don't, it was just a fluke. His gums wouldn't let go of the tooth, even though it was that not connected. That is the craziest thing. I'm going to have to really like wrench Pepper's mouth open and be like, let me see them teeth. Let me make sure. Hey, you know, Kate, you'll know by the smell of her breath. If it smells like she's been chewing on buttholes, that's <laughs> that. <laughs> That's a good indicator. Oh my God. I'm not. So like my cats don't go outside. That's just, you know, they're not outside cats. So it's been really interesting having an animal that goes both outside and inside. Yeah. Um, 
So like we live in the woods, any window in my house that you look out, it's just like trees. There's, there's nothing out here. So there's tons of birds. We have probably 20 different bird houses on the property and they love them. Like we have little babies right now. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is everything I've ever wanted in my life. But we have a dog now. So she goes out back and I see her like digging around and she will not leave whatever oh, it is alone. No. I know so she comes going. running around and she's got these bright blue feathers hanging out of her mouth. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, did she just eat a bird? I'll never forgive myself. Oh my God, we're going to have to get rid of the dog. And it was, I don't know where she found them, but it was just like a couple random feathers, like attached to a piece of like cartilage. So I don't know if like we have hawks. I don't know if a hawk got something and just like dropped a little, little, little morsel. But I was like, (laughs) oh my God, I never thought I'd be wrenching these like gorgeous bright blue dog's mouth on a Saturday evening. A little tasty treat, just chilling in the grass. Oh, she came running up with a mole hanging out of her mouth. And I'm just like this. I do not have the stomach for this. I put ants outside. Like I don't kill anything. So this has been fun <laughs> they will do that i have had multiple dogs and have had that experience a couple times uh never in my life have i had a dog like jonesy who will pursue animals but won't kill them he oh, well, little sweetie he's a tender-hearted little puppy <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog is he is he some kind of like husky at least a little bit yeah no you're spot on jonesy is uh He's half husky, half German Shepherd. I actually met both of his parents, um, <gasps> and they're beautiful. <laughs> that is, how did you come to have him? Like, do you, so, you have, like, are your your friends own these dogs or something? That's so cool. Yeah, very close. I was uh, working with a guy named Mike. Shout out to old Mike. Um, he's never going <laughs> to listen to this podcast because he's a boomer. Oh um, yes, that's okay. <laughs> still shout well, out. Yeah, still shout out to old Mike because he did me a solid. He knew I was looking to get a dog and I hadn't told him anything about like whether I was looking for a certain type of breed or a male or a female. Just I just, he just knew I was looking very casually mm-hmm. and uh, secretly in my heart of hearts. I had always wanted a husky, like literally from the first time I ever became aware as a child of the fact that I wanted a dog. I was like, I got to have a husky. They are the coolest. And Mike goes, hey, man my uh two dogs just had an accidental litter and sidebar accidental when you don't spay or neuter your your dogs and you own a male and a female it's not so much an accident as an inevitable you know just just it's a matter of when mm -hmm. oh absolutely for sure (laughs) yeah so he's like we had an accidental litter and i I know you're looking so do you want to do you want to come check out the puppies and I said, well, what kind of dogs do you have? And he told me he had a shepherd female and a husky male. And I was like, no fucking way. That is of course so I want to look. Yeah, absolutely. And I had, he gave me first dibs and he gave me a discount. So I literally got to go out and look at all eight of them, all eight of the puppies. Oh my God. And I just, don't know how you, know. you left with just one. I'd be like, well, <laughs> all right, then I guess we're going to take all eight then. Let's just wrap that up. Do you get a discount on multiples? <laughs> Can I get a bulk discount? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the movie Bridesmaids? Yes, that movie is hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's like top favorite comedy movie. It just makes me think of Melissa McCarthy have, yes. like in the van with all those puppies. <laughs> 100%. That's, that's exactly how it would look. <laughs> 
So what drew you to Jonesy? Uh, what drew me to Jones? He, I knew I wanted a male and I, that was because uh, my girlfriend and I, at the time, she had a female dog that lived with us. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's just go the other direction. I had never owned a male dog. I had just had the one female when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to try, you know, just see what it was like. So I knew that I wanted a male. So that eliminated three of the puppies. And then of the five boys, Jonesy was, he just seemed at the time, like he was the most calm, like they were all friendly and wanted to play. And, you know, none of them had any sort of like behavioral issues that young, but he just, I actually, I'll have to send this to you if I can find it on my computer. I have a picture of me holding Jonesy at like six weeks old on his back like a baby he's literally in my arms like a baby asleep he fell asleep. oh my god how that must be the sweetest thing please look for it i would die to see it <laughs> i i will you'll you'll love it and it's also funny to see me uh what was this six years ago because i had no hair well it was exactly how i looked when you met me i had no hair and no beard <laughs> yes yeah exactly that's so funny (laughs) it won't be as surprising to you but for people who know me now they're like i get it all the time when i show my id because it's the same like era i don't think you had you didn't have facial hair and your hair was short when when i came out to seattle that one i mean god how many years ago was that though so probably shortly after yeah well when god i don't even remember what i was still with that same girlfriend at the time so that was it must it, have been like 2017, 20, I, no, 27, I, 2016, 2017. I think you're right. I think it was, I think it was 2016. God, I, I know I have the picture on my phone still, so I can really, we can make it. I can you still date. have, do you have the same phone? No, I'm just a psycho. And I do, I have pictures on my phone from like 2012, 2013. I just keep <laughs> getting more and more storage and I just keep, carrying them along, carrying along, carrying along. So you can take a trip down memory lane when you feel like it. it boom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I get it. I downloaded all my f- photos onto my computer, but I still do the same thing once in a while. Like if I'm waiting for something to download or if I'm waiting for like something to do, like when, when the podcast is like, what is the word I'm looking for? Uploading. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just like sit here and browse through my files while I'm waiting for it to do its thing. <laughs> exactly like it's fun just like oh hey those people that i used to know i used to hang out with places you used to go right people make fun of me and they're like can't you just like let it like just start fresh and i'm like i could nothing could be worse in my humble opinion than swiping (laughs) my whole phone and saying like bye it's as if i never existed have like pictures of weddings that you know the the couple is not even together anymore they've since divorced so yeah i mean here we are this was can can we talk about divorce a little bit of course july 22nd 2017 that was the day oh you found it yep (laughs) perfect and you do not have facial hair and you do not have a beard i'm gonna send it to you right now (laughs) okay uh, I can't wait. I know exactly what picture you're talking about. I can <laughs> I can remember what it looks like vaguely. Um, it's funny. I I remember, you know, thinking at the time, like, what a nice, you know, 
day that we spent together and it was cool that you guys were able to come out here and then looking back i'm like man kate and i maintained a better relationship right the other two. <laughs> so true some so i i'm a firm believer that some people come into your life for a season and some people they just they stick around I'm, I'm i'm pretty grateful that you're one of the ones that stuck around thank you kate i feel the same way it, it has been you know i think we talked about it on the last interview we did but you know the friendships that last like i have found more and more as i get older that they they just mean more and more i guess is what i'm trying to say like when when you're younger you their friends come and go all the time and exactly. there's way way more of them and now you know just the ones that have held on into my 30s i'm like man i appreciate the hell out of you of course i feel very similarly i mean i've had people like work friends or even school friends that you think, oh my God, you know, I'm so close to this person. We'll be this close forever. And it's like been years (laughs) since I've even spoken to them. And, you know, we saw each other every single day, spent literally entire work, went on vacations together, shifts, eight, 10 hours at a time. And like, literally that was the last time you and I saw each other in real life. Yet here we are. Yeah. Isn't that bonkers? That was 2017. I can't believe that much time has passed. I'm thinking it was like, oh, you know, quick, maybe four or five years ago, but like that's a long ass time ago. I know. And I know we, we even keep talking about like, oh man, we're gonna have to do something about that. But I I know it's just living across the country is tough, man. <laughs> it is, yes. And I mean, we were we were on the West Coast for, to, for my mom's trip last year, but still like. The West Coast is a long stretch of coast. It's not like Seattle and LA are that's no. like that's a flight. You know what I mean? That's not a oh, I'm gonna drive down the shore kind of thing. Oh my God. I know. Kate, that's the crazy part about the West Coast. Like the big major areas that you're gonna hit if you're doing any sort of vacation type thing. Days away. Like it's exactly. literally a two it's a two day drive from LA to to Seattle. Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's wild. It, it's because California is so damn big. <laughs> yeah, I know. California. You're like, oh, it's just one state. How big could it be? Like you think New Jersey, it's a little teeny tiny shrimpy thing. And then you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. How many New Jerseys could you fit in California? Both size and population wise. A lot. I'm gonna, I don't even know. I couldn't even begin to guess. You know, honestly, me neither. I was thinking just now about population. I have no idea what the population of New Jersey is. Eight million, I think. Oh my God. Which is, I mean, for how small it is, that's pretty surprising. Yeah, that is but surprising. Let me just look at California's got to be like what, four or five, six times that? Let's look it up. <laughs> yeah, like you, we were, both have you were. Access. I have my phone next to me and a laptop on my lap, but yet here we are. We're going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were spot on. Uh, California is 39 million. Wow. That was as of 2021. That's a lot of people. Uh, let me let me go back to what I was asking you, though. Let's talk about divorce for a second. Yes, let's talk about it. Uh, just uh, here. Here's it's not a hot take. And I because I actually feel a little bit I feel a little bit of um shame around this but i'll tell you my my opinion no it's not an opinion it's just a a feeling that i've had as we've entered our early 30s i have like this weird to me it seems weird 
kind of I, I get this like sick sense of joy when I see people who got married really early get divorced. <laughs> you talked about this in your interview with um, the psychologist, psychiatrist, psychologist. What was her name? Oh, uh, Al- Alexis. Yes. Yep. You talked to you. I into intuitively i was like i wonder if he's gonna say what he discussed with alexis yes i oh, hear that was you. weird <laughs> okay well i'm not then then since everybody's heard it i just i won't go into it too much but it i know it's it i feel a little bit of guilt around it or shame rather uh just because i i'm like i don't that, that, that shouldn't bring me any amount of joy <laughs> You but I feel what? a little bit vindicated. You, I, he, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And I don't know why, like, I really like that. That says a lot, I guess, about my character as a human being that I'm like, Oh, right? well, shocker that, you know, marriage that you rushed into at age 18 didn't work out. Who could have seen that coming? Right. But, like, God. That's probably shouldn't be the immediate thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't I feel bad for these people? <laughs> On the flip side, though, I guess that's even more of a conundrum when they have kids oh, and then, yeah. you know, like, oh, shit, we're 17 years old and are pregnant and then they get married and then they're still together. I'm like, damn, that's Amazing. really impressive. Like, go y'all. You know, yeah, that's a good point. I would love to actually have somebody on this podcast to interview who has lived that life. I would be so fascinated to know how how you make it work when you literally get together and have kids and your brain isn't even done you know developing how how do you you're literally you're a minor you yourself are a minor yeah I, just, I don't know I guess I get people say you know you're you never feel like you're ready to have kids it just like you get to a point in life where it's like okay there's no reason not to kind of thing <laughs> right. and I guess I, even still, like I'm about to be 32 years old and I'm yeah. still like, who's an adult? You want me to have a baby? Like I'm, I am an adult, I guess. And sure. That's a normal thing to happen. Right. Uh, I don't know if I was 18 and I was pregnant, like, what would I do? Oh, I don't man. know. I really don't. That's a good question. I, and I know it's so circumstantial as far as, you know, some people just can't. You know, that's when adoptions and abortions happen. They just can't do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And and then some people are for whatever their reasons are, they they keep a child at 18 and you raise a child. You so now there's two children in the house, you know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you and your, yes. your 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 kids. Yeah. And like, you know, you you just hope that your parents are supportive and you know, they don't just kick you when you're down and they're like, okay, well, bye, go figure it out on your own. Like I don't, I honestly don't even know what you would do. Yeah, that would be a, a really compelling interview, though. <laughs> I think so. If you have any, if if you know any couples that are like that, um, refer them to me. <laughs> For sure. I'll have to go looking through my Facebook list and like, oh, hi, I know I haven't spoken to you since probably eighth grade, but do I have an offer for you? <laughs> do you want to be on my friend who you've never met's podcast? <laughs> <laughs> to talk about like the intimate details of your marriage and the birth of your children. Right. Also, maybe some of the hardest times you've ever experienced. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I'm sure there's somebody out there that would just love, love the opportunity basically to be like, yeah, it was hard, but we did it. And we've been married for 15 years. Uh, Yeah. Those are the people I need to reach out to. I need to figure out how to get, get, 
like advertising out there. <laughs> I don't want to so much advertise for for like companies so I can get revenue for this thing. I just want to advertise my podcast so I can do my hobby for me. It's very selfish. But I think that's really I think that's what makes your podcast so compelling to begin with. You know what I mean? Is because you're not just trying to rack up sponsors, you're not trying to rack up advertisements. It's just something that you really feel passionately about and that it comes through. You know what I mean? Like you can tell. Well, that's good. That's that's the vibe I'm going for. Do, do you do you hate it when podcasts have like excessive ads in them? Of course, because who doesn't? You know, you're you're really like you're zoned in, you're listening to something, you're thinking about X, Y, or Z, and then all of a sudden it's like, I don't even know what's a really annoying commercial. The one eight one eight seven seven cars for kids, that just gets stuck in my head like there's no tomorrow. So like when you're really thinking and then that just comes in and ruins your your vibe, then you're trying to get back into it again. I yeah, not God. my favorite. You you know what ad I've heard recently a lot of is um for that sex toy website, uh, Adam and Eve. <laughs> have you been hearing that advertised in podcasts recently? I have. So I honestly, I do not listen to many podcasts. On oh, like Jake likes a couple of them. So if we're on a road trip somewhere or going somewhere, gotcha. Um, he'll, he'll just throw something on. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. And then other times I'm like, oh my God, are we really talking about how to make an oven out of like mud right now? Um, (laughs) That sounds so good. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever watch, what was the name of that? Primitive Technology on YouTube? Yes, I actually love that that guy's page, uh, his YouTube channel. I find that so fascinating, but and it's just, in- it's just Zen just zone out and watch it. So I do, I get the, the, the draw to it, but like, Oh my God, I just want to, I just want to listen to what you're saying. I don't want the commercial, especially for like Adam and Eve. Is that real life? <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's yeah. And it's the people that are doing the podcast that all of a sudden, like you said, it cuts into whatever they're saying that there's like no segue. There's no like fade in fade out all of a sudden they're just talking about do you want better sex like um what (laughs) give me a minute to like formulate my answer first sheesh i guess i do i never really thought about it (laughs) (laughs) well adam and eve is the website for you (laughs) now i'm questioning like is is the sex that i'm having not good (laughs) (laughs) right then just the vibe is killed it's just like a huge vibe killer and then all of a sudden they're trying to get back into it and I'm like still stuck on their 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 commercial break question. It just ruins it. <laughs> now I'm in this better sex spiral. Like I can't stop thinking. About it. <laughs> I'm gonna close out of this podcast completely and then go to adamandeve.com. Right, it worked. The advertising worked. <laughs> but I do. I really think that's really wonderful that it's, it comes through so clearly that this is something that you really love and are super passionate about. It de- it definitely does come through. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. That's, like I said, exactly what I'm going for. So I'm very happy to hear that it's um, it's coming through. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's the vibe. That's it. <laughs> that's um, the hot take. <laughs> that's the <laughs> yeah. That's my hot take. Um, I wanted to segue back to something we were talking about. I'm looking at the very brief notes that I had here in front of me. Um. We were talking about divorce and then we were talking a little bit about kind of um, early pregnancies, like adoption, what happens after they can't take care of them, like adoption or abortion. Um, 
and this is kind of a segue into a question that I had for you. Something I don't think we've ever talked about. Are you uh, religious? Did you were were you raised religious, and do you still, or if not ever, practice? Um, so I was raised Episcopalian. My parents weren't really particularly religious, but my grandmother was. So mm-hmm. I would go to Sunday school on Sunday. Um, a really tiny, like very wonderful community church. Um, I was baptized there. I did confirmation there when I was like 12 or 13. Um, and I actually, I I was one of the altar servers. I was an acolyte for like so many years. Um, but I never like, that was just because my mom really guilted me into it. She was like, Oh, Katie, if you don't do it, they're not going to have enough kids. And so, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, it was never really my thing. Um, I am definitely not a religious person. I don't really think Sky Daddy rules us all. Um, <laughs> I feel you. I guess I don't know. I'm. I don't really say it like saying like, oh, I'm such a spiritual person. Um, like, do I think karma is a thing? To some extent, sure. What do I think happens when you die? I honestly don't know. I'm terrified of it. Like, would I think it's really nice if you could come back again as something? Like, yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. But like, I don't really know if I believe in it. (laughs) Okay. We are kindred spirits. (laughs) (laughs) Same for you. Yeah, very much the same. The, the, the thing, the whole thing really is you, you described a lot of um, my kind of viewpoints on it. I wasn't raised super religious. My parents were Christian, um, kind of non-denominationally. Um, but they didn't press anything on me and I just kind of I guess I'll say grew out of it as time went by. But yeah, when you said the thing resonated real hard was when you're like, I don't know what happens after we die and I'm terrified of it. (laughs) I remember being a kid, like young, young, like God, I was probably before I was even a teenager. I hadn't even hit puberty yet. And just laying in my bed, like unable to snap out of this, like, basically this doom cycle of like well what happens when we die well what if it's nothing well that's horrifying because then it's nothing well what if it's like what the church teaches and then you just spend forever in heaven i'm like well that's horrifying too the human brain can't even (laughs) conceive of what infinity is like that isn't even a thing that humans are supposed to be able to work with and now you're telling me completely honest with you i've had that exact same like just (laughs) laying awake at night full of existential dread like okay so you're just like dead in a box like forever like forever forever like that's it millions of years and you're just dead in a box and like same thing just like laying awake at night unable to really rectify like yeah that's a possibility and that be okay like who would ever be okay with that (laughs) oh man it's tough so funny (laughs) And, and you know what it totally it it makes perfect sense to me now why people find so much comfort in being a part of a religion because it explains some of that stuff in a way that doesn't sound horrifying yes horrifying (laughs) terrifying scary all of the above check all of the negative adjectives (laughs) right like how much better does it sound to die and then come back as a different person or an animal or whatever, you know, the whole cycle of reincarnation looks like. Sounds much better. For sure. Yep. I think I got away from just religion. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Oh, I was just saying that just sounds so much better than rotting in a box. 
yes, where there's no light and like you're, you're sealed in a concrete vault, like miss me with that <laughs> all the way for that reason. I think I really do. I want to be, um, <laughs> what is the creepy? <laughs> and my mind, all I'm thinking of is incinerated and burned. And I'm like, okay, I know there's a nice way to say that, but it's just blanking <laughs> me right now. <laughs> I want to be lit on fire. <laughs> like litty titty, but literally. <laughs> Just like that idea of just being in this horrible cold box where you're like sealed in and there's no sunlight ever. I mean, I guess you're like you're incinerated and you're burning the little pieces, but then you can just like scatter me somewhere nice, put me in a like where there's a nice view or a tree or a park or something. Oh yeah. So much, so much more. I mean, granted, you're not gonna be there to know, but like the idea is so much more pleasant to think about. Right. I actually had this. It, it's not like for sure, because I, I have a hard time thinking about it. But when it's crossed my mind, I think I would like to do something similar, like with a cremation, but take the ashes and instead of necessarily scattering them wherever, there's uh, these companies, and I'm not saying that it necessarily has to be a company that does this, but they'll put your remains, your ashes mixed with soil and have that be like the food for a tree. Oh, yes, I've seen that. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, give back. What a cool thing, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Right, thank you, God. (laughs) Right, thanks, Sky Daddy, appreciate it. (laughs) I think, um, just kind of like circling back to religion, I think I strayed so far from it. In any, I, I mean, if I think about religion, like when we when we moved to town, we got sent a beautiful little like, welcome to town. Here's a coupon for the little, the little, um, the little coffee shop. And here's a couple little homemade biscuits from the biscotti shop in town. You know, this is our church. These are the things that we offer. These are some of the philanthropic things that we do. So I was like, Oh my God, am I like going to be someone that joins a church for just like the community (laughs) aspect of it? I was like, Oh my God, that's such a beautiful thing. And the older I get, and I know we've discussed a lot about how difficult it is to make like lasting friendships. Like, I'm sure that's a big way that people kind of connect is through like an organized church. Amen, Um, sister. But in in my teenage years, I just, and even my early twenties, anybody, really anyone that I met that was like Bible thumping at church on every, every Sunday, they were the shittiest people that I could have ever imagined. (laughs) and I'm just like yeah you guys like suck you use religion as a crutch and you just are hateful and mean and manipulative and gossip and all the things that like you're not supposed to do that makes you a good person but because you're hiding behind like the facade of oh I'm a godly woman oh you know I am fearful blah 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 I just didn't jive with that and that was just hugely off-putting it yeah the hypocrisy that comes out of that environment a lot of the time is it's it's it drives people away absolutely i could totally sympathize with with being driven away by those types of people and i didn't have the same i don't think i had the same volume of negative experience but it happened enough and i saw it happen to other people enough yeah it just i i couldn't i couldn't see how those what what's the word I'm looking for? I couldn't um, make sense of how those people 
could at the same time, you know, claim to be righteous and then do the things that they did outside the church. It didn't make any sense to me. And that was one of the reasons, one of many reasons why I also got away from the whole organized religion thing. from it. Yep. I I had a really good friend. Yes, exactly. The black sheep, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) I had a really good friend growing up who still to this day is very religious, very involved in her church and her mom, her family, you know, they're, they were extremely religious too. And I just like, I will never forget. We were on, you know, uh, when you're a nineties kid having a family computer, like in the living room, just a desktop and like a (laughs) crappy, um, staples desk, which is what your computer was. Absolutely. It's the public computer. Yeah, exactly. We were on like AIM instant messenger or something. And um, her mother's email was up and she was literally emailing her friend, like trashing us, not, you know, like not her daughter trashing her choice of friends um, at like eight, nine, 10, you know, prepubescent years old because, oh, like they're not saved. So they're not good enough to be playing with her. And I was just like, fuck you lady. (laughs) God, that is so hateful. Like choke on your righteous bullshit. Cause she was so stern and like mean and not warm at all. And like, meanwhile, my mom is like sunshine incarnate. So like, okay, if being religious is going to be the the end all be all, like you can, you can keep that far the fuck away (laughs) over there. (laughs) You can have it. (laughs) You can have it. That's it, sis. God, yeah, that's you know, if like, they're trying to recruit people, that's not the way to do it. No, like talking shit on like 12-year-old girls. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, something I didn't have a lot of exposure to when I was a kid was just how cruel adults can be. When I was a kid, I and I think a lot of kids have this feeling like, well, once you're grown up, you kind of have it figured out. Like you still make mistakes and you still are like you know, you're still a person, but you know, once I'm an adult, I, I will, you know, you, you kind of assume the best of, of people when you're a kid, like, well, that, that person isn't trying to hurt me or that person isn't, you know, doing anything that doesn't make sense. I'm, I feel like that's where a lot of childhood trauma comes from where, you know, you, you adopt this, I must've done something wrong, especially with your parents. But I think with all adults, you know, I'm, I must need to change. It must be something that, that I, I haven't figured out yet. And then exactly. Yeah. A lot of people out. take advantage of the, of like just the pure innocence and goodness of kids. And it's like, you, you always assume as a kid that, you know, adults have your best interests at heart right. and, you know, they would never do anything purposefully to like, you know, cause me harm or, you know, emotional trauma, whatever, but that is sadly not the case. Right. How f- I can't, it's hard to describe how fucked up that is taking advantage of the innocence of children. Like the, makes me sick to my stomach. And I'm not saying that everybody does it intentionally. I think, you know, the cycle of abuse and the cycle of trauma is something you have to interrupt. You know, it's not going to interrupt itself, but still like, ugh, things that give me the ick. I was just (laughs) going to say, talk about the ick factor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's bad. Uh, That's actually a, a good way to transition into this question that I had for you. And if you want to if you don't like this question and you don't want to talk about it, it's totally fine with me. We can not hit it. Oh no. That makes me even more curious. Hit me. Okay. I, this is not a question I came up with. I actually saw it uh, in an interview and I honestly, or maybe I heard it in an interview 
and I listen to so many podcasts and I can't remember where I heard it. But the question is for you, Kate, what is the most hurtful thing that has happened to you that wasn't physical? And I bring that oh, up man. just because I'm thinking about like what we were just talking about, the cycle of abuse or trauma or whatever, like kind of just kind of ties in. So the most hurtful thing. And if you don't have one, that's okay too. I know that some things take a lot of reflection to come up with. I think so. I don't even know if I could like pinpoint it to one specific thing. So I guess let me just preface with um, my parents love me very much and they did the absolute best, you know, with their circumstances that they could have. Yeah. Um, my mom is sunshine incarnate. So this really isn't so much directed at her, but man, growing up, my dad was a hot ass mess. <laughs> um, he struggled a lot with like, he had a really shitty childhood of his own. His father was like incredibly absent, abusive, cheated on, yeah. you know, my grandmother all the time. It was not discreet about it. Yeah. Um, so he definitely had a lot of his own shit going on. Um, but I think we talked about it a little bit in the last episode that like my dad is such a, a man's man. He was a carpenter and like to drink beer and smoke weed. And I don't think he's really ever someone who should have gotten married and had kids. Sure. Um, he's just incredibly self-centered and, um, I mean that he, it is who he is. He is who he is. Um, but he also consequently, you know, he, he had a very man's man job and with that came alcoholism. Like I fully, fully believe that when we were growing up, my dad was a functioning alcoholic. So he would go out to happy hour. You know, they would all knock off from work early on Friday. They would be start drinking on the job and then just proceed to get like obliteratedly drunk. Yeah. Um, I've seen that too many times to count. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's just like, that's not a normal, that's not an okay thing to do. And anything would set him off. If my mom had bought like juicy juice, juice boxes, and they were in the refrigerator, like that, like you, his face would be beat red and just like screaming at you. Wow. Um, so I, I was a very good kid. Like I was always such a pussy about everything. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want, I always wanted to do what was right. I didn't ever want to cause any problems. So like, I was such a little angel child. I really was like, I did, I didn't steal. I didn't, I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't drinking. I didn't have sex until I think I was 18. So like, all my, my grades were always great. So in general, I think that just the, like that dynamic of doing everything that you're supposed to do and being treated so poorly and so unfairly for it. Um, you know, that's fucking hurtful. Like that really, like, imagine having a grown ass man, just like screaming at you because you were trying to put a dish in the sink. And like, he had already finished washing the dishes. So like just that action alone was enough to just like, that was it. Um, so although it's not really like a specific thing, I just, I, I think that was probably the most hurtful thing that, you know, no one deserves that, you know, that's just completely, that's disrespectful to like your autonomy as a human being. That's just disrespect. That's a total lapse around. That's a total power imbalance. Like I'm a child you are my parent. Um, I just think it's like a, like a, um, I don't even know what, how to say it. It's just like, just, just the disrespect and just like, no, no real thought about like, Oh, like what, what is this, this, this overreaction or this response? Like, yeah, probably felt good in the moment, 
but right. no real real thought of like what are the consequences of like what what is gonna what, the, what is that gonna do to her you know right it's just this living from out of control reaction to out of control reaction exactly yes yes and definitely. that is a hundred percent hard for a kid you know what uh it, there's so much i want to say i'm had a <laughs> i had a really strong uh reaction to what you were saying because and I, I this shouldn't surprise you at all kate but you just described my childhood and other than the 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 career like my dad's not a blue collar worker and mm -hmm. the fact that my parents are still together um that you you described exactly it was like i was reliving it with you which was very weird for me to hear that is really weird hear you say my like say the same things that i've thought back to me and i've never told you that we have never talked about this before no, we haven't. I was going to say, I think it's it's very strange that after so many years of friendship, we really never touched on it. But I guess, you know, <laughs> the, it, the few it's times, not something couple, you would just stumble into. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, hey, do you want to talk about our emotional traumas when we were kids? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, so strange. Um, I'm really I, sorry you, you had to go through that. It's not a fun existence to be so powerless and, you know, have nothing that really that you can contribute back and just have to have endure, you know, so to speak. No, likewise, like my heart goes out to you for sure. And, and, and I, I feel like one thing that I should go back to that you already mentioned, I love my parents and I think exactly what you said that they did the best that they could do with the tools that they had at their disposal. And mm -hmm. I will also say that both of my parents have grown so much. And in, in where we're talking about our fathers, my dad has put in it, it. Sometimes it's like not even talking to the same person in a lot of ways. Um, I think that's incredible. It is. It. I. I still. We still have beef for sure. Like. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see eye to eye a lot of the time on a lot of things, mm -hmm. but that environment of just like unhinged emotion yeah doesn't exist anymore and honestly that was one of the reasons why I distanced myself from my parents for a long time um especially like as soon as I was able to get out of the house at 18 I I was very distant with them mm -hmm. and you left right when you were 18 I did. Yeah. I, w I went to college and, and, you know, looking back, maybe it wasn't the best like financial decision, but at the time I had reasons and I was convinced and I still agree with, you know, 18 year old justice that they were the right reasons. Right. Um, like just, I needed to be out of the house at that point. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of getting off topic here. Yeah. Just thinking back to what, uh, back to what you said about what kind of environment that creates for, you know, we were talking about an innocent child who doesn't know any better, who doesn't realize that their parents, who they rely on for everything, have their own life full of just baggage and hurt and yep, emotions exactly. that have gone undealt with. And so they think, well, I'm just going to do whatever I can to keep myself safe and keep this relationship which i need at this time my parents provide everything for me i need them 
I'm going to do everything I can to keep it intact. And there's actually, I'll, I'll try to remember to link this in the show notes as well. And I, I'll send it to you for sure. There's this doctor uh, named Gabor Mate and a lot of his work, if not the, the vast majority of his work as a psychologist and, and doctor um, is centered around the cycle of trauma that kids are introduced into unwittingly because that's in essence what ends up happening right like you're born into this with no you know you don't get to choose that exactly you have no tools you have no resources you're a child <laughs> exactly you are literally a ball of moldable clay yep and if your caretakers whether that it may be your biological parents or foster parents or what have you the caretakers that you are bonded with at that young age, you know, the, the, the whole idea of attachment theory, this is where you learn it. Mm -hmm. If they aren't providing you with the support and love and understanding and patience that you need to make your way into adulthood with healthy habits and thought patterns, this just happens again and again and again. And as we see now, when you, you hit, you know, 30, 31 years old and you start a podcast because you're trying to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> but talk about a healthy outlet. My God. Oh, thank you, Kate. I feel the same way. <laughs> Could go a lot of ways, you know, just right back into it and like, oh, let's, let's, just, let's, let's, pick up, let's pick up some casual alcoholism, shall we? Oh, gosh. Yeah. No kidding. And I think honestly, that's one of the reasons why. I haven't made it like a goal or a priority to even conceive of having children. Like you, you, you and I talked about this. It'd be something that I'd be willing to do, but getting to this point where I'm even thinking that it might be a good idea took a lot of work. You know, exactly. I, I don't want to continue to, you know, perpetuate the cycle. Of course. It's, I mean, that's, that's a huge pause for me is like, there's, there is nothing that absolutely terrifies me other than death and being in a box forever. Since we've <laughs> full circle now, nothing scares me quite the same as being able to like fuck a kid up or like treat a kid like my dad treated my sister and I, like, I really, I can't think of anything that would be more heartbreaking to know that like, I'm conscious of all of this. And I'm aware of all of this. And then to go on and do the same exact thing. Um, right. I think that's a big difference. Like my, my dad was never really aware. He never really thought about it. Oh, it's always everybody else's fault. Um, yeah. so there's not a whole lot of accountability there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even, he really doesn't even think he, he does anything wrong, so to speak. <laughs> like everything is always everybody else's fault. Yeah. Um, and I've really, I've had to do like a lot of, introspection and a lot of like self-work to get to a place where I can forgive, not forget. Like my, my mom and my sister want absolutely nothing to do with him. They will not see, I mean, my, my parents are divorced. So like, obviously they're not going to be hanging out, yeah. but my sister <laughs> like has no time of day for him. And I've only really now, now that I'm in my thirties gotten to the point where I'm like, well, he is who he is. That's never going to change. I can either accept that and have whatever kind of relationship we're going to have, or mm -hmm. I can completely cut him out of my life and, you know, possibly regret that one day. Does that make sense? It does. Is it that sense of that you, you wouldn't want to regret it someday? Is that what drove you to 
work at a relationship with him? So the thing about my dad and I is we are so alike in so many ways that it is truly sickening. Like that's another thing that keeps me up at night. It's like, oh my God, I'm so much fuck. I'm so like him and it makes me want to die. Um, I just want to vomit. <laughs> yeah, I just like, oh my God, I just can't rest. <laughs> but I understand that like he is such a damaged person. Yeah. And he just, I don't know if he just doesn't have like the tools to even come like have that come to Jesus moment of like, wow, I'm like really fucked up or he yeah. just won't. Um, but since we are so similar, I know that he does have an extremely soft side. Like I, I have seen that man cry on so many occasions and as yeah. being, you know, this rough and tough and will knock you out in one punch kind of guy, like that's, that kind of takes a lot. You know what I mean? Like a certain <laughs> sense, of, sense of sensitivity. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Just, it made me feel so sad, I guess, knowing oh, that yeah. his whole family walked out on him and like his days are, are alone. You know, he has his pets, but aside from that, like a lot of people don't fuck with him just because he's so difficult. So mm -hmm. I just think to myself, I'm like, well, I can, I can choose to kick a man when he's down and, you know, just contribute to that isolation and that loneliness or I can just, you know, like he is who he is and, you know, and we, we can have a beer together. We can have dinner together. Um, I just, I, I feel for him. I really do. And I don't want to contribute to him being, I don't even, what am I trying to say? He's made his bed and he's lying in it, so to speak. Like he, and I feel like he's paid for that. You know what I mean? Like every, everybody left. He has, he doesn't really talk to his family. Right. Um, and I'm sure that's, that's both sides, you know, that like, okay, well, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of a lot. Right. Um, so I don't really, just, I don't want to make that problem even worse. I don't even know if I can express how admirable that is. Um, I don't know. I, I do. I know for you, it is admirable. <laughs> And I, I don't mean that I'm not trying to toot your horn, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe you, you've consciously thought about it this way. Maybe not, but I cannot help but think knowing what I know about my dad's journey through life and his childhood and his, the way he, you know, was saddled with the baggage of his absent father and his terrible mother, um, that oh, it's emotional. <laughs> that little boy is still in there, and he didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. Yeah, like he he was just the same as me, just confused and right. un, not understanding. And like right. I don't maybe maybe they just didn't have. I mean, certainly they didn't have the same tools as we have today. Like it was just a different world. You know what I mean? Growing up in the sixties and the early seventies, <laughs> yeah. like things were much different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just like you, you were describing those moments that you see him be emotional or be vulnerable. Like that's that little boy. Yep, exactly. Retirement has been a game changer for him since he's been retired. Yeah. Um, I see a huge improvement in just like, he's not so quick to anger. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's telling, he's telling a story and he like, 
it was an annoying story to him. Like he'll seem like he's really mad about it. And like, he'll start yelling to a point. And then he realizes like, Oh, it's just a story. And like, here I am with my daughter. And then like reels it right back in. (laughs) So it's like my sister, she said, my dad's birthday is the 4th of July. And so I asked him if he wanted to come up to, you know, have a barbecue, do some sparklers, play with the dog, swim in the pool, whatever. Um, My sister was like, why would you ever do that? Like, I'm like, because he's my dad and it's his birthday. And if I don't, then he's going to sit by himself alone in his house on his birthday and no one's going to give a fuck. So like, yeah, I'm going to invite him up on his birthday. And how hard must it be to know that if if you weren't doing that, Kate, how hard would it be for him to know that neither of his children want anything to do with him? Oh my God. It would tear him apart inside. Like for all the faults that he does have, he does have a, 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 a huge soft side, like a crazy, crazy soft side. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think we really first started doing this a couple years ago and I took him out to a steakhouse and they brought him, you know, the little, the little complimentary dessert with the little candle. <laughs> and he started, he like got misty eyed at the table. Cause it yeah. was like, do you know how many years it's been since somebody even like sang me happy birthday? And oh my God, that just gutted me inside. Same. I'm trying not to cry. Oh my God. I'm a little misty eyed. If I'm going to be very honest. <laughs> yeah. Same. That is so sad. So like, yeah, that's, I mean, my, 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 mom says, she's like, I think that's really nice of you. You know, he doesn't deserve it. And I'm like, fucking everybody deserves to have somebody give a shit about them on their birthday. And she's like, well, you know, that's, that's nice of you to do, but I wouldn't do it. And I'm you like, know, yeah. she, she, she's probably a hundred percent entitled to that opinion because oh, she went absolutely. through a lot absolutely a just as you percent, went yes. through a lot and if you had said if you had told me all this and you said justice i don't want anything to do with him and i choose not to have any sort of relationship i would have said kate you're perfectly entitled to that as well <laughs> exactly yeah i could go like my sister if that she's that's her opinion i yeah. i do wish that she would forgive him for her own sake like carrying around that kind of hate and that kind of just like, I don't know, like malignant negativity is just toxic for yourself. It um, is. I, you know, it's, it was kind of like a weight lifted off when I was just like, yeah, he, he is who he is. He it's never going to change. My being a part of his life or not is not going to change who he is as a person. So I'm just going to do it. <laughs> how, how old is, is Kelly? My sister is 26. She'll be 27 in September. So she's five years younger. (laughs) What'd you say? Uh, I said, shout out Kelly. (laughs) Oh yeah. Hey, (laughs) Sibby. Okay. So you know what? Like thinking back, I don't think I was ready at 25 to have that same like, like ability to forgive and move forward. I think that was just at 25. I was literally just coming off of, you know, two years prior, I had got into the apprenticeship and I'd done a lot to turn my life around and being in a a much better position, you know, just in general with myself finally was like, okay, well maybe I can even, you know, I I can start thinking about this in a productive way rather than just being angry. And, you know, like you said, I, again, something else I resonated super hard with was you said how alike you are <laughs> to your dad and, you know, same. And one of those things that I carried with me for so, so long 
like up to two years ago, like shortly before I started this podcast, it was just this like fiery, fiery temper that I would like, I'm not an angry person in general, 90% of the time, 95% of the time I would be totally level-headed and yeah, I would never describe you as angry. No, I'm I'm not. But that 5% of the time or whatever it is, when I would get angry and like I couldn't resolve the issue, I would just get the rage was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally sympathize with like your dad and with my dad because if you don't know how to deal with that, much like I didn't know how to deal with that, you're you're just intolerable to be around and to know that you are driving people away from you with something that you don't know how to control is fucking depressing yeah for sure that is one of the most depressing things and thankfully i learned (laughs) what can you tell me like what what, about how that went for you what really like brought you to that again come to jesus moment and how you got there? Yeah. Um, as I've said before, please go to therapy, men. (laughs) (laughs) For the love of God, please. And if, if, if anything, if there's anything that you can do for your, your mental health in general, and for the relationships that you have with the people you love, it's figuring this stuff out. I'm not saying you have to go to therapy, but it is surely an expedited way to figuring this stuff out. If you yeah, gives you all the right are tools. willing. <laughs> yeah, that's where you're going to get tools. But <laughs> to, to answer your question more specifically, it was the, the, the tipping point. I remember precisely what the tipping point was and what I figured out afterwards. I was having a stupid, stupid, stupid argument with my ex and it was over really dumb shit mm-hmm. and As so many arguments are yeah it it, it was about nothing mm-hmm. and it was escalating and escalating and hurt feelings and hurt feelings on both sides yeah. and I got to that point of I cannot fucking like I have to get this anger out in a way to that that at least feels like i'm getting it out because it's 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 just a horrible like boiling point pressure right i put put my fist through the wall oh my god yeah and so immediate reaction shame i felt like just the worst possible piece of poop that had ever Mm -hmm. lived embarrassment just all the negative feelings that you could think of when you act like an idiot yeah right (laughs) Especially when it concerns somebody you love and following that and the aftermath of what happened with our relationship. And then when I started, well, I was like, wow, that was terrible. I don't want to be that person. Um, and I, I started therapy and started like doing stuff related to personal growth. Like, you know, just read some shit or listen to somebody who has the same story Mm -hmm. and, what I realized was my tendency to not 
be able to control this anger was derived from not being, not feeling like I was understood, like not feeling seen or heard, like just Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the horrible feeling that comes with feeling like you're nothing, like you, you don't deserve the time of day. And the more I read about that, you know, it kind of highlighted how a lot of people will shut down in those moments. They'll, they'll pull away, they'll distance themselves or whatever they'll freeze. And on the flip side of that, mine was to act out and to just have this horrible anger. Um, It's almost like a, like a, like you said, you're not feeling seen, you're not feeling heard. So it's like, I'm gonna make you see me and I'm gonna make you hear me. (laughs) No, exactly. Kate, you're, you're a hundred percent, hundred percent spot on. And I had in, in that discovery, it made me go back to all the times that I, and this, you know, as relationships do, they're the, like the perfect magnifying glass on all your own bullshit. Exactly. I went back to all the times where I would on purpose without consciously doing it, I would on purpose antagonize my significant other because I felt unheard or unseen or misunderstood. And it's exactly what you said. If you're not going to see me when I'm being my authentic self, you're going to see me somehow. Like Exactly. You're going to pay attention and I don't care how I have to get that attention. And of course, you that's, know something I never really put justice. those <laughs> together. Like never in my life had I really put those two points together. So yeah. that is so interesting to me. That's all <laughs> really coming at me for the first time. That's really right. I mean, it explains so much. Yeah. And I love that you just got there on your own just now. Wow. Hearing my story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is the, wow. That's really amazing. Does that hit you where you live? It really does. (laughs) And then since that, since that realization, was it easier for you to get like a handle on? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That was the, that was 100% the the catalyst for that change because I feel like knowing is half the battle, if not more, like once you know what's happening, I feel very similar to like how I feel like with, um, you know, if I'm ever like experiencing some sort of like physical discomfort, like, Oh man, like, uh, I've got a stomach ache. Well, okay. Do I have cancer or did I just eat too much Mexican food? It's, Yes. It's way easier to deal with when you just ate too much, too many tacos, right? <laughs> it's a good so, problem to have. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I will have that diarrhea all day, you know, <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> but yeah, knowing was so important that every time going forward that I felt like that anger building, I knew what I needed was to say to whoever it was, was to say, this is how I feel. And it's not necessarily your problem. But if you are trying to have this relationship with me, I need us to attack this together because feeling this way is awful. Of course. Yes. Especially when you're, when you have, you know, your quote unquote person that's supposed to be bettering as opposed to not, you you know, (laughs) you as a person. 
Right. We, you should, the, your person should be contributing to your, your betterment and growth. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Thank you for putting that in words that I could not find. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, you know, there's various things over the years that have worked and not worked for me as, as I made these discoveries, but li- literally just knowing was so important. And then, you know, I stayed in therapy for a while got out and then uh, got a new therapist who I adore now. Um, and I'm, I'm just, it's a process and it takes a lot of time. And th- now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking back, this was literally like just over two years ago that I had a lot of these sort of revelations mm-hmm. and I was, you know, 30. So <laughs> it takes time. And it takes uh, a lot of trial and error, but. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I feel mean, like by the time you even, you become, you know, an adult, so to speak, in your, in your teenage years, you're still just trying to figure out like, okay, who am I? Who do I stand for? And what do I want out of life? And then you really get to go back and say, oh, okay. So all of these <laughs> quote unquote, like essential parts of who I am they're pretty flawed and let's go back and unpack that as to why. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I, I, I know. Isn't that, <laughs> that's a lot of work <laughs> realizing that your personality isn't something that you created. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. It really is like, Oh, all right then. <laughs> I'm just a product of my environment. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so, so true. <laughs> yeah. It reminds you- me of uh, something. One of my, best friends always says shout out to Alex he always goes and this is, this is a quote from a show like this is not how he actually thinks but anytime we're talking about something like where he may have made a mistake he always goes yeah that's uh society's fault it's not my fault that's how I was raised <laughs> <laughs> I always like to go with thanks Obama <laughs> yeah. that's a favorite that's his legacy Obama oh my god Barack Obama Barack Hussein Obama. There are, I just, my love for him and knows no bounds. You love Barry O. I do so much. And Shelly O, they're just a power couple. (laughs) Shelly O. (laughs) I've never heard that before. (laughs) Oh, I don't even know if it's a thing. I just, that's why I think of her in my mind. I feel like we're good friends on a first name basis. Kudos to you. That's, that's an amazing (laughs) name. All right. There you have it, folks. That was the return to your ex-boyfriend's podcast with Kate Leitz, talking about any number of things. I hope you enjoyed it. So just for everybody's uh, own peace of mind, if you're looking forward to the return of this podcast, or I guess even if you're not, you know, this is just an update on how things are going to work at this point. I am, as I mentioned, in the conversation with Kate recording and have recorded episodes already that have not been released and the way i'm going to do releases um going forward with this podcast is going to be different from how i used to do them last year 2022 i was releasing an episode excuse me i was releasing an episode every week i was recording editing and releasing on a weekly basis one of the reasons that I stepped away from the podcast for the you know five months that I did was I didn't really want to keep doing the weekly 
um, work that it takes to release an episode every week by myself. Because as I mentioned before, I don't have anybody working on this podcast with me. It's all me. While I did enjoy doing it um, for a year, it's not something that I want to continue to do and feel like I'm tied to that schedule every weekend, you know? <clears throat> I'm struggling over here. Time for some water. So, long story short, what we'll be doing with these episodes that I am currently working on is we'll be doing a, a bi-weekly release. There will be one every other week. It will still release at the same, roughly the same time, you know, Sunday, Monday, Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, it will just be every two weeks instead of every week. On the flip side of that coin, what I'm trying to do is longer episodes. Not that I dislike shorter episodes. I think the half hour or less format that I did for many of my solo episodes works great. However, I don't want to leave you guys, whoever's listening, going two weeks with just, you know, 30, 40 minutes of podcast to listen to. And as you can see with the episodes that I've done with interviews, those tend to go longer. And what I've been told is people tend to like the interviews more. They like the longer format with a guest. So that's what I'm going forward with. Every two weeks, if it is not with a guest, even then it will be longer. But the idea is longer episodes, more interviews, and less episodes overall. So that being the case, thank you for coming back to your ex-boyfriend's podcast. As always, much appreciated. Everybody's support means the world to me. And for those of you who know that I'm coming back um, with these episodes and have supported that decision, I can't thank you enough. Um, and to all of those people who are listening now, you know, whether you're a return listener or a new listener, thank you so much. Again, all the appreciation and love in the world for tuning into this thing that I do as a hobby, you know? So look forward to the second part of this interview with Kate. That will break the bi-weekly release schedule. I'll be releasing that in a week. <clears throat> God, again, with the throat thing. <laughs> Um, I'll be releasing that in a week as a lot of you remember, I like to do two parter interviews closer together. So that's what we're doing here. And yeah, just as, as, as you might remember, you can always find this podcast on Podbean at justicetenna.podbean.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-S-T-E-N-A.podbean.com. It's hosted there. It's distributed pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. So think of a popular streaming service, whatever you use, and you'll find it there. Or just Google it or Google my name, whatever you want to do. If you want to reach out, you can always leave a comment on Podbean. You can contact me directly on the Podbean app if you have that. You can leave reviews on any of those distributors that have review functionality. You can hit me up on Instagram at your EXBF podcast, or is it underscores between the three? 
Just Google me. <laughs> or you can email me at your exbf podcast at gmail.com. That's Y O U R E X B F P O D C A S T at gmail.com. So until next time, take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening. And thank you for putting up with this long, long, long outro. <laughs> we'll see you next week.